Hi friends and welcome to Live Life Well, the podcast. Our mission is to empower millennials to thrive and not just survive so that they can live a life full of purpose, joy and delight. My name is Amy and I'll be sharing the life-giving practices and lessons I've learned on this journey of failing forward. We'll be talking about how to balance your career, business and passions while maintaining your physical, mental and spiritual health. I'm dedicated to sharing from a place of authenticity and I'm going to give you VIP access to my conversations with wise mentors and guests. My hope is that by the end of each of these episodes, you'll have something you can apply to your life so that you can live it well. I hope this also just feels like we're sitting across from each other in a cafe over a nice cup of coffee or your favorite beverage and having a chat like old friends. Thanks for stopping by and let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Live Life Well, the podcast. If we haven't met before, my name is Amy, as you probably heard in the introduction, and I have to start with an apology because we are one week behind on our podcasting schedule. I had actually planned to release this last week, but life got busy, and given that we're all about thriving and not just surviving, the podcast unfortunately had to be a victim of my circumstances. As with most of you, I'm sure you're getting towards the end of year Christmas rush. You're just wanting to get things done, tick things off your checklist. And for me at work as well, um, in my role as a solicitor, we're just, it's um, been busy, let's just say. Uh, So unfortunately, the podcast had to take a bit of a backseat last week, but we are back on track. We've got this episode and then one more coming up to finish the big year that 2020 has been and wrapping up our focus on the six dimensions of wellness. And so if you had listened to our last episode, we did a short introduction to intellectual wellness, which is all around focusing on problem solving, building our creativity muscles and um, thinking and looking for ways in which we can grow each ourselves um, from an intellectual perspective. So after a bit of a break now, we're going to introduce you to Doug Thompson, who is a technology strategist and AI ambassador from Microsoft, and he's based in Austin, Texas. So you'll hear us talking about the time difference that it was when we were recording this interview. He is a TED Talk presenter, an avid storyteller, and the host of his own podcast called Tech Story Podcast. He has had a career that spanned over two decades. And in this episode, we talk about intellectual wellness, but really we talk about so much more than that. Um, That's the framework we use, but Doug also shares with us about his scale of 10 in decision-making the power of networking and reflection, and all with a great sense of humor as well. So without further ado, this is my interview with Doug. Enjoy. Hi, everyone, and say hello to Doug Thompson all the way from the States. Hey, good morning. Say hi. Yeah. Good morning, good evening, wherever you're listening from. (laughs) That's right. So 
Um, for those who are interested in the time zone difference, I am recording this episode at 10 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time, and we have Doug at 5 a.m. Central Time, Central Standard mm -hmm. Time or Central Time? Yeah, yeah, uh, Central Standard Time. Yeah, so um, we we're just talking about how coffee is very much a necessity in the mornings, um, but we're going to get ourselves rolling along. Um, Doug has been someone I have followed on LinkedIn. We were involved in a coaching kind of group, um, kind of at the start of our entrepreneurial kind of journey, you would say. And um, yeah, I've just been so thankful for his warm presence on the LinkedIn kind of space and um, always someone who's got uh, inspirational word to share. Um, so I thought he'd be a great guest here on our podcast. So thank you, Doug, again for your time. Thanks, um, Amy. My <laughs> wife calls those inspirational words. Oh, you, you again? So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, well, hopefully we're not going to wake her up in the next room, like you said. So, yeah. um, so our very first question that we like to ask our guests is, knowing all that you know now, what is the number one thing you would have told your 20-year-old self? You mean besides buying Netflix at like six bucks? Um, yeah. <laughs> All the things that Netflix. we wish. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, I thought about this question a lot. And usually I don't think, usually the, the answer comes to mind. And this one sort of changed a couple of times on this. But but it would be that to, to have courage to do the things that really scare you, do more of that. Because there were some times back before, I guess in the last, maybe the last 10 years when I didn't really embrace the storyteller and, and the things that, that were part of, of me as much as I could have and played safe a bunch of, you know, a, a lot of times, but there was always that sort of that journey or, or earning, um, yearning, more coffee, we'll spit that word out, uh, <laughs> a yearning to do more. I just, I knew I felt comfortable when I was telling a story and to, to just start embracing developing that at an, at an earlier age would and you'll be aware of it because I was really unaware of that, the talent um, until probably about 10 years ago. Mm, okay. And so what kind of was the spark for you to recognize that you had this storytelling gift in you? Well, in my, in my day job at Microsoft, I'm, they call us a technical strategist, which is, you know, I guess a polite term for sales nerd. Uh, is pre-sales engineer. It's it's somewhat of a uh, come to find out it's somewhat of a unique skill for for those that are good at it in that it involves not only understanding how the technology works, you know, in, in a breadth of knowledge at that, and then being able to relate that to business problems, challenges, mm -hmm. and then how they can sort of marry the two and communicate this to different people. So as we were interviewing people for my role, my you know a, a role similar to mine. It was really hard to find that that person that could do all that. You could get some that are very deep technically, but they really couldn't relate to customers as well and, and sort of bridge that gap. And then you had those that understood the business problems, but didn't understand the technology. So I, I sort of did some reflection. Why is it so hard to, to feel this? And I went back and looked at feedback that some other people had given me and some things from presentations and stuff that I did. And I said, you know, this is, I must, this must be a unique skill. For me, it was just, I thought everybody could do this. Mm. It's one of those things where you're unconsciously competent. You've developed a skill over time and you just simply assume that everybody knows this. It's common knowledge and people can do this. And my manager at the time said, well, no, it's not. 
and you know we need more like you so at that point in time a sort of light went off that said hey you know maybe this is something that i can help others do mm, okay and then so since then um you've kind of grown uh can we say a following on linkedin and like or um and um just become uh, i guess someone who's become very confident in sharing their stories and sharing their voice um how has that kind of how, how have you navigated that i guess in um since then since you found that yeah story? i mean it's I, I i try to so one of the biggest comments i get is um that when, when I talk to somebody and they say, I didn't even know you worked at Microsoft because my, on my LinkedIn presence and stuff, I don't talk a lot about it. it. It's I'm trying to share and exercise muscles that I don't get to use necessarily every day. And that, and I find it refills my tank. It keeps yeah. me recharged being able to go do that. And just knowing that, you know, and, and I've had people, you know, that, that have connected with me on LinkedIn that, you know, where they've been at a point in time where a video popped up or something and, they latched on to it and changed their life, you know, and I mean, mm. it's, it's, but, but impacted them in a very positive manner. Mm. And, you know, it, it's just, they, I just go from that. Cause I figure if, if I can help one person with, with a message or a presentation or a video, if I can help one person, then I've made the world, you know, a, a better place. And that's really ultimately my goal is to, is to leave this place, and have people say that, yeah, I made it better. You know, I made an impact and you can point to some people that have gone on. So I, I'm a Harry Potter fan and, and I like to, I like to consider what I do creating living horcruxes where I, you know, I put a bit of my soul into other people by my videos or coaching or, or you know, uh, what have you. And they then can go do the same little bit, a little bit of their soul and their work and the other things like that. So we sort of spread. Like that. that's, that's sort of my uh, altruistic view and uh, goal in life. Yeah, I love that um, Harry Potter analogy. I think um, we we do that every time like we talk to someone as well. Like we have the ability to impact mm -hmm. their life and make, make their lives better. Um, and so I, I think I really love that picture. So thanks for sharing that. Mm -hmm. um, this particular episode, like we wanted to talk around intellectual wellness and I think like we you kind of actually already touched on it before with um how you're exercising your skill like a storytelling skill that maybe you don't in your mm -hmm. workplace um have you seen the connection like at all like in terms of like because you've been able to say um develop your storytelling gift um and um say help connect people together has that impacted your work in Microsoft itself it, it has uh, you know one it, i bring more energy to some things on that because you know as, as you as you do things over and over again sometimes it's easy to get to sort of lose some passion for it and and you know every discussion i treat is a new is a new thing so it wasn't that but I, but i am able to bring that in when i you know the best the best comment that i get is from my customers that follow me and they say you know you're just like you are on video and I, and I said, well, I'm glad if, if I show up and I'm different then you know, call the police because there's been like a body snatcher or something's come up because that's not me. I always want to be, be the same, but, but it does give me, it refills my day because there's things in life that, that, you know, you can be very good at something, but it takes a lot of energy to, to do it. And, you know, or, or, and then you have to sort of go find other ways to refill the tank. 
Mm. So, so there are things in any job that are sort of more energy consumers, if you will, than, than giving you energy. And by doing this other stuff, it gives me, it fulfills me. So, it, so you know, there is, there's no work-life balance, there's life. And you have to sort of figure out how to make all that stuff work together. And so by doing these other things that, that give me life, that keep my spirit high, that connect me with other people and I'm constantly learning, then I can bring that energy and that positivity back into my other work and other areas of life. Mm, yeah, I like that bit that you just said, there's no work-life balance, this is life. Because I think <laughs> um, definitely my work as a lawyer, like it, it has has potentially this, particularly this year, like it's been more challenging than most, maybe because of COVID, but mm. Um, I think just recognizing that you need to find other ways to fill your tank if, yeah. you know, if work is not quite there with filling it in terms of the creativity and the, the problem solving side of things. Um, so I think that's a really great lesson for people to take away. From what but I think you've, you've changed fields of practice over the last couple of years, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, so. and, it, sort of, and I, I believe, you know, and listen, it changed sort of your, it refilled your tank because you got into something a little bit more in alignment with what your spirit and what you're, and we all change and grow. There's nothing wrong with, you know, what you, what you really used to love that is okay now, because if you're not growing, if you're not constantly changing, then you're going backwards and you're sort of stuck. So there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't mean you, that you, that, that you're cheating on the, <laughs> on the old job or that you're not giving it a hundred percent is that now there's other things that, that inspire you that, that you maybe you can bring back to the to the to the other thing it's not top of the charts but it's a very important thing mm, yeah no, I like that and so in your life then like how have um what what's your career kind of journey kind of been like in terms of your the different iterations and things that have changed along the way for our audience here <laughs> somewhat somewhat of a um I call it like a it's like a sailing trip and, and the wind sort of goes on to change and it's not that I've been strategic about, you know, I'm going to do two years of this and two years of that. And yeah, and I talk to people and I talk to, I mentor some, some graduate students at the university here. Uh, and and they're, they're way smarter than I'll ever be. I'm, you know, the first time I got to go speak to them, they handed me the resume book and I'm spend half my time looking up words in the dictionary. <laughs> what, what, the, what the hell is this? And um, so, you know, I'm like, what can I teach them? And, and I, and I teach them and I talk to them through stories. It's that, you know, I, I use my career as sort of a guide and, you know, there's pros and cons to the way that I've managed it, mismanaged it, mismanaged it a few times as well. And you know, I, I call that talk that your career doesn't have a syllabus because it's sort of aimed towards, you know, college students that have lived in this environment where you have a syllabus, you know what the rules are, you know, here's the expectations to get an A, here's, here's what you have to do. It's very much like that. But when you get in your career, you don't have that. You don't, you know, you're now all of a sudden thrown out in this place that, that doesn't have a syllabus on how to do it. Um, and you have to sort of create a, a plan or, or um, an awareness that works for you in what you want to accomplish. Now, like in my career, um, I, I went, originally started, I was going to work on offshore oil rigs. I live in East Texas at the time and, and oil is a big business there. And by the, when I started the programs to go do that, there were five jobs for everybody that graduated. And you know, less than 18 months later, there were five people for every job because I was one of the oil busts that went on. Mm. So I ended up working as a uh, copier repair technician. And it's sort of interesting. I, I, over this time, I have 
found in my career that that I, I will do things until I am no longer impactful or I just sort of don't, you know, and because I continue to find a way to grow mm-hmm. and do things differently. So I've only worked for three companies out of since I've since I've left college, which is you know older than probably a lot of people in your audience uh, <laughs> here that that um and it's because I've I didn't apply for the jobs that I got. Okay. I um you know I had to formally apply, but it was because somebody that I knew, and this is the power of networking. This I would add to my twenty year old self is is networking network network. You know, get to know people, get to let them know what you do, and this is sort of what you know through LinkedIn. But um they said, hey, you need to go do this job because their insights, hey, this would be perfect for you. And I went and explored and sure enough, I, I was made this comment the other day, so I, I've never formally applied for for a job to this point. All the ones I've gotten have been through connect connections. They've known my work. They've done these other things. You know, I had to go through the process. It wasn't like I was anointed, but <laughs> I didn't have to, you know, send in a resume to and wait and, you know, hopefully I got these things. So the, the power of networking, the power of using, you know, t- being able to tell a story um, is just so powerful. And that's sort of the way that, that as I look back, uh, I want things that are challenged. I never want to be the smartest person in the room. Uh, and even if it's empty, I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. <laughs> um, but that's sort of the way it's, it's uh, gone through. I, you know, I, there's nothing wrong with that career track where you want to be a corporate vice president. So that works for them. It's not my personality. You have to find what works with what your philosophy and your and your um, outlook on life is. Mm, yeah, I think yeah, I think um, with the millennial kind of uh, generation, like mm-hmm. um, we we also get taught that we're supposed to have like this one track of mm-hmm. doing things. But I think as we look around, like um, a lot of our journeys is a little bit uh, up 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 and down and <laughs> left and right. Oh, yeah, I mean. Yeah. I, I, mine looks like the stock market as I go on. Here's these critical things that go on, and and you know the the thing is 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 if that if that statement was true, there is this one path to go, and everybody was doing it. You know, how do you get ahead? You're simply keeping pace, mm-hmm. and so you have to find those areas where you are unique, you're memorable, and you're leveraging the skills that give you that that are that are more unique or give you energy back. Because because if you're attracted to those things that give you energy back then you will bring extra energy and you will, you will excel. If, if you go to the things you maybe you're good at, but they take a lot of energy, there's only so much of that stuff you can do before you have to go sit back and recharge. Mm-hmm. So even though you may like it, you know, do, do you, you know, or you're, you're good, you're good at it. Is that really what lights your fire? And, and this is not about following your passion. That's a bit past saying that can get you in a lot of trouble. I mean, you got to pay bills. But, but when you're looking for an alignment of that is what, when, I, when you get up in the morning, I use a scale, you know, um, out of 10, you know, what's, what's, do I want to go to work today? And most times I'm like eight or nine on those things. Yeah. I want, I want to go to go to work today. There's cause there's baggage with every job that you get that, that, uh, that that's not your, even, even if you're a solopreneur, there's still things that you don't like to do that take energy and stuff on it, but you have to do it. Is part of it so just use that gauge and listen to your the lander voice um inside and, and what's going on so that's that's usually the advice i give to to the college is a closing remark to the uh, there's no one path everybody's stock market chart's going to look differently on how they got to where they are mm-hmm. um you know I, I, at microsoft i've worked with some so many smart people and a lot of them had this career path that you know now they were general managers and then moved on to vps and 
and retired and went on to other companies. And that was their path and that gave them energy and they were very good at doing what they did. And I think inside there, as I talked to them, they found those little areas of where they could manage this, this, this path of wanting to be this person, this, this big, huge leader of an organization and own that business with a passion of theirs. So that's, that's, you know, if you look back at what the success factors are, that's typically what they are. Mm. So with the, that kind of scale that you shared before, like, you know, on the scale of one to 10, how are you feeling? What if, um, so one of your say grads or people that you talk to, if they're saying, look, I actually don't, I don't have that spark in, Mm -hmm. you know, I actually, when you asked me that question, I actually am probably like a five or a four. Like what, Mm -hmm. what would your kind of advice be? Like if, if they're really not just not enjoying it. (laughs) I would, I would, you know, first thing I'd ask him why, what is it that doesn't, you know, and is there a way that you could do things a little bit differently that would, that would, you know, that, that would give you that, you know, would increase those odds. But, but, you know, is it, is it, are you pursuing a field that, that your parents told you, you know, I, I, when I interview a lot of the students, they're from a different culture where, uh, you know, they're not from the U S and not from one where you, the individualism is a little stronger, you know, it's family does this and you should do that. And, mm. and those are harder, harder things to break because sometimes you don't get in that alignment, but it's, you feel it's an obligation. And, you know, but I, I just asked him to reflect of why did you get in this to start with? What, what sparked your interest about it? And usually, and sometimes it's about money and what it can do. And I said, well, I understand that. So now you got to figure out a way to make this work because now you're in debt because you've done all these other decisions, but there's no reason that you can't, you know, so, so maybe you are just, and you don't, it's a seven or eight, you know, which is not a bad, it's a six or seven, seven or eight it's above that 50% threshold that you can sort of survive when you're first starting out, get yourself to a better place. But you could also do the side hustle where you're actually giving you something that, 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 you know, gives you that energy back. And through that, can you meet somebody or some, you know, there are other connections you can make that helps you get you closer to where your heart and what your talents are and stuff wants to go. So, so the, you know, you don't have to do something that you don't love. You know, we all have to pay bills. There are certain things that we, you know, we get ourselves in these things we need to do. And, you know, I'm not one to say, just toss all that side, live in, you know, live out of a shopping cart on the side of the street. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I am practical about that, but there are ways that you can get there. It may take you a little longer. It may, but the journey to get there, you'll, you'll start connecting the dots. If you look backwards I, and this is a skill I wish I had, you know, and we all do is, is kind of connect dots forward. Mm-hmm. You know, I can look back and I can easily sort of see how I got to where I was. And I would not change, you know, I wouldn't fundamentally change anything I did when I was 20. I mean, every experience I've had has helped me or brought me along this path. I wouldn't be where I was if it wasn't. And I, and I feel pretty fortunate and successful, but um, you know, like this, but if, if I wouldn't have clicked that thing to go to, to Ruby Lee and all the other stuff, I wouldn't have met you, Yishan, so many great people that I've met from that group and talked to that have done great things. That, that's that connection. You know, that's the thing where we need to, you have that voice say, Hey, you need to do this because you're going to meet some great people. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So um, often listening to that inner voice as well um, and mm-hmm. to work out what the next step is. So, hmm. so in terms of your journey then, like what would you say has been your biggest challenge um, and how did you overcome it? 
Hmm. <laughs> it doesn't have to be the biggest you know, one, but one be, of. <laughs> right, right now, the pace of technology changing gets to be a bit. Yeah. Gets to be a bit tough to stay on top of it all. Um, but but it's the ability to. To um, ugh, I to avoid roles that. I took because it sounded cool. Um, but those, as I look back, those are the stock market dips on my career where I got into something that um, in this case wasn't customer facing. As I look back on some, some of them were internal facing roles that uh, you know sounded pretty cool, but it was only working with internal stakeholders. And I found in those jobs that I got, I, 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 I was hitting that six, you know, that six on the 10 scale most mornings because I just wasn't getting the energy back where I where I do when I'm out actually talking to a customer that uses our product at the end of the day, that where we've solved a problem that they've had. So I'm making that impact on the front line mm -hmm. to do that. Those are the roles that, that I really excel at because I really get that energy back from talking to people outside and doing that. Um, you know, that's, that's call it passion, call it what have you. That's that feedback loop that recharges the batteries. It gives me, it gives me purpose. Um, you know, even in, but internally facing roles, which are necessary. And some, some people it's great for, they, they're not comfortable talking to a lot of different people. You know, you get, I, I would much prefer to be in a room with 10,000 people on stage doing something than I would in a room with one or two people <laughs> that, cause, cause as I talk, I, um, out of 10,000 people, more people will get my jokes, which are, which are bad. But, um, you know, it's just, it's just a different energy and vibe that you get that, that um, I can, those people don't scare me. The, the scaredest I was on stage was when I went to do, do the TED talk last year, mm -hmm. yeah. um, which was way outside my comfort zone. It was way different than any other thing that I had done, but, but I grew from that. I mean, I, I could relate to people now that come to me and say, Hey, look, I'm scared to get on stage. I'd forgotten what that fear was like because I, it's just natural for me. I, I enjoy it. Mm -hmm that put me back in touch with, I can understand that now. <laughs> so maybe that's what it was put there to do. Mm, yeah. So um, when you are in those like circumstances where you just going back to, um, you know, those uh, jobs that maybe weren't the right fit, like, how did you find yourself out? Like, how did you get yourself out of those like roles or find yourself back on your track? Again, it was talking to peers, talking to uh, always making that network outside of it that said, Hey, we got a role over here to go do um, that, that I, I think you would be better at. And, and you know, I, I knew what they were. I was close enough to the business to knew that, yeah, I would like that. So it, again, it was the networking piece of that and having people that, that knew what my skills were and were smarter than I was to point out that, Hey, you're not, you know, you're not doing what you're meant to do. Mm, yeah. So just, again, speaking to people seems to be like the big, big part of that Wait. picture. It is because yeah. I because sometimes I'm horrible at judging what my talents really are. You know, and as, as I talk to talk to other people like you and and you know you point out that you're really good at this, and I'm like, really? I, again, it, it get, I get unaware of of some of the things that that I'm that I'm good at because I'm with it, you know, 24/7, 365, and to me it's not remarkable because it happens all the time. I see it every day. You know, it's the incremental changes that you can't see, but to somebody from the outside, I said, wow he's really good at X, Y, Z. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's because, it's because they don't see me every day. They don't live in my head. They don't know the demons and you know, the bullies and the, uh, you know, the inner bully and all that. So it's, it's, uh, it's nice to get that outside perspective too. Mm, yeah. 
and in your TED talk as well, you do talk a bit about the inner bully and yeah, Simon. Uh, yeah. So um, how um, for people who haven't listened to your TED talk, um, what um, what are some of the lessons that you've learned through kind of getting to know your inner bully or <laughs> or um, discovering yeah what your yeah it was is. sort of it was sort of funny because I um I was unaware of it until I got into that writing the TED talk is, is that, you know, I, I'd wanted to do a TED talk as a public speaker, you know, that's sort of like one of those things that's a, Hey, you, you, you're are competent enough to be on the stage <laughs> that you can do. And so it was a bucket list item. And, and as I was applying to go do that, I got turned down for, for several of them, some of the others. So I came up with a strategy to, to get known um, for, for this one, excuse me. <clears throat> and I met the people that did it that ran the place and then we're going to run it the next year. It was like, it was a local junior college over, over here. And I was close enough by, and I, I got to, there was a first time running it. So I went and watched it. And, you know, again, this is a sales nerd in me. I put a total sales job on them, stay in touch, contact, you know, let me know when you're, I want to, I'm interested the next year. Yeah. And um, it came up and said, Hey, we're, we're about calling for speakers. And I said, okay, great. Yeah. I'll get my application is, and the application is is coming, you know, and it's getting closer and closer. And I'm like, what am I going to talk about? You know, this is like, here's my opportunity. And I don't know what to talk about. And, and what happens, I kept saying, well, you're really not good enough to, you know, Simon was, what are you talking about? You're not good enough to be on a TED stage. Because as you watch some of these other speakers and stuff, you're like, wow, they're just fantastic. And it dawned on me that I'm probably not the only person that fights with Simon or has a Simon. Mm. And because I, as I reflected, talk about other people. So that's what was sort of the nexus of it is that realizing one, that you have that inner bully, you know, that you have that your subconscious is, is trying to protect you. It's telling you you're not good enough. It's trying to, you, you don't, you know, the risk out here is it's, it's inbred with us from the early days. And how do, how do we then overcome it? So I did some brain science study. You know, I did research into brain science and, and how the brain works and, and ways that you can overcome so many things about is about visualization. It's about positive self-talk, you know, the meditation piece. And it's getting in that that right vibration that, that's going in the right direction. So that's that was sort of the nexus of the whole talk was my own struggle with, okay, I'm not good enough. Why, you know, here's my opportunity. Now you have to step up and and do something. So <laughs> it, was, it was sort of you know, divine intervention, whatever that that put me on that to sort of open up that realization even more. Mm, yeah well for everyone who is now interested in that ted talk we'll be putting that link in the show notes um and sure. so you can listen to that um but kind of moving uh, or taking a slightly different um kind of train of thought in terms of uh we talk on this podcast about thriving and not just surviving so from your like story or background, what have you found that helps you thrive and not just survive, like, or do the day old, I think you've kind of talked about like having things that give you life, which is the storytelling, but are there other things that kind of um, you turn to, to make sure that you're in the right mindset for work? Um, you mentioned meditation as well. So, yeah. I, I, you know, the meditation every morning, um, I've missed a few mornings over the past few years and I've been almost three years in a row and I missed a day. Wow. I, I went to bed and I totally forgot about it. About 1 a.m. I, I missed a day. And I'm, I got really down on myself about that. And I said, well, look, 
it's okay. You know, you just get back on your horse and go again. So now like 212 days or something. But I do know that if I start the day with that, then at least, you know, I, I'm starting in that right frame of mind and using affirmations, you know, trying to silence that inner critic that we've got, because there's enough negativity on the outside of the world that you don't need it coming from the inside too. They, they give me on that. Um, and during COVID, my, um, my youngest daughter and her, and her, and her daughter live with us for, uh, for, for a bit. And so I get to see my granddaughter, uh, one of my grandchildren, one of the seven, I get to see her every morning. So I get to wake her up at seven o'clock in the morning. Um, so we go and we have this little routine that goes on. And there was a week I went to visit my other grandkids, do some work over there, but I missed that. And I find that, you know, you start off the day with somebody that, that she's a little over one now mm-hmm. and every day is a new adventure for her. And, you know, that just, it puts you, keeps you in touch with what, how wonderful life can be and try to get out of that day to day stuff that can wear on you. Mm, yeah. So yeah. Having um, a little pocket of sunshine, I guess. <laughs> that you can yeah, yeah. And exercise helps too. When you get that in mm. and those endorphins and stuff that you get from that really are wonderful. Mm. So how do you kind of fit it all together with you also working at Microsoft, but then also having all these other passions? What, what does, I know we talked about work-life balance not really existing, but how do, how do you actually fit it all in? Poorly sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, there's, there's trade-offs. So, so like with the, with the podcast and stuff, I'll try to batch that together where, okay, this week I'm, I need to do a little bit better about planning out my days and, you know, getting up. I was making, I did a, a, um, a presentation on digital transformation. I talked about personal transformation and about, I'm reaching for this. So this is, you know, the 2000, the 2021, that reminds me of a joke. The most useless purchase of 2019 was a 2020 planner. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, that's plans. A little bit, a little bit better, but I uh, get a little bit more strategic about it. Um, but I also get up at 4.30 every morning. So I carve out some time where I can do some things where it's not necessarily selfish, but I can get those things in and it's more about me focused to do that. And luckily I need only about six hours of sleep. So you know, I'm, I'm sort of useless at the end of the day, but um, that's time I'm not productive anyway. So we can sit back with the family and we can watch some TV or we don't watch much of it anymore. We don't have, we don't have the screen on with my granddaughter around, mm-hmm. um, but you know, just, just try to try to live that moment. Is there something else I could be doing that's, that's productive that, that I can build or read a lot? You know, I, I will take, take it, take a few minutes, you know, I try like to take little five minute breaks every hour to, okay, what's something new and fresh I can work on? What's an idea that, that I have for a, a video or something and try to jot that down. So try to jump back and forth with things that, that are giving me energy, not, and, um, mm. you know, I, I look back, I could probably still do more, but you know, at what cost does it, does it make it where now I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not enjoying the things that are giving me energy are now a task, right? I, I don't want to ever get to that stage. Mm, yeah. And did it take you a while to get to that 4.30 kind of wake up time or like, are you just a um, natural yeah, I mean, morning it's, I, I've always found myself waking up somewhat early and, you know, I, I'd get up as you get older, you get up for other reasons. Um, but I would find it harder to get to sleep you know, when, when the brain would kick in. The brain, I find, is fairly active early in the morning. Mm. And um, But I would, even when I was doing Ironman training and stuff, so you're trying to carve out time. I just, I've always been a morning person. 
And I, I just found out that that was, you know, that was what worked for me. Mm, okay. Yeah. I think um, I've over the, over the different periods of time, like I found that waking up early, it was also suitable for me in terms of productivity, but sometimes it's, it's, um, definitely during winter times it's a lot harder so well yeah that that definitely without the sun it is a little harder to do when the days get shorter mm, yeah um so kind of again this might be crossing similar like um ground but how do you burn bright but not burn out so how do you make sure that you're kind of um not overloading, like when we're, you know, quite passionate about a lot of different things, what keeps you in check? Uh, again, that eight out of that, you know, scale of 10, is this starting to be something that's, that's not giving me the energy back as, you know, and then in that case there, okay, on the energy scale, how much am I recharging batteries here? And that one, I watch a little closer. If it's below eight, then I really get concerned and sort of have to evaluate it because that's you know at that point in time the closer it gets to that then it, it gets it's not nearly as impactful and it's and i don't want to get to the part point where it's it's a chore and and i don't get a recharge at all out of it mm, okay yeah so that's um that's a pretty good help helpful reminder i think um i've definitely had those moments <laughs> where i'm feeling like mm -hmm. i don't yeah. think i can give any more to that yeah, um, yeah. That task so um we're kind of getting to the end of our interview, um, but I wanted to have um, just kind of dial back a little bit um, and just think about uh, the perseverance piece, if I can. Um, mm -hmm. So like when things get tough um, and a lot of people have had a tough year in terms of COVID as well, some more than others, um, what's your kind of tip when it comes to resilience and, um, you know, how, how to kind of push through the, the more challenging times? Well, uh, you know, one, one of it's reflection. And if you look back, okay, yeah, you, we've been through a lot, but look at what we've overcome and look what we've done, what new things that we put on. Mm. We tend to overlook that. We tend to focus in human nature is to focus on the negative piece of that. But, you know, I, I, in training or doing Ironman triathlon, the, the biggest battle I had wasn't physical. It was mental. Mm. It was the, Hey, you can't do this. And, and you can push your body a lot further than what you think you can, but the growth happens in that area where you're not comfortable, where it's, where it's like, okay, this is hard. This, this, you know, and, and you just have to, but, but if you look back at how far you've already come on that journey, and there was a time in my first triathlon where it was about 70 miles into the bike ride. It was a 112 mile bike ride, which is the second leg. And, and I wasn't feeling, I mean, I was uh, hitting my, my nutrition went out the window because of the heat, but I was climbing a hill, falling asleep. <laughs> so I got to get to the top yeah. and then the aid worker says, how are you feeling? And I said, I don't feel so good. He says, that's strange. You don't look so good either. Here, sit down for a minute. So I sat down and he gave me a frozen banana, which was the best thing on the planet. But I, I was sitting there, you know, the, the, the Simon was saying, look, you, you're, you're an old fat dude. You know, you came pretty far. You did further than a lot of people do. You should quit. Mm. And, the, and it came down to the de decision of could I live with myself? And there's an old saying that, you know, pain is temporary, quitting's forever. And I looked back and I knew I couldn't. I, I, the only race I've never finished, 
I ended up going to the ER to get six stitches in the toe. I mean, but I actually thought about completing the run. You know, I might've bled to death, but you know, um, that's a whole nother did not finish um, part of that. But I, it's, it's, it's looking back that, okay, I put in all this effort. I've got to be closer to the finish than I am the start. And if, if I stop now, all that work that I put in, all that stuff was for nothing. And, and I can't, I can't do that. You know, then another difference between when you're when you you have no hope of something and it's and usually those things you're chasing are the things that aren't necessarily in alignment with what you're it's one of those things where you think it sounds good and you think you want to do that but it's not really recharging you again those jobs that i took those roles that i took that weren't in alignment with what i had i had to draw a point says look you know I, i'm even if i push through this am i going to is it still going to give me energy back and you have to be honest you know, it, it can sound like the coolest job in the world, but if it's not in alignment with what your, your talents and what gives you energy and these other things, and you know, you may struggle with it all the time. You may never reach that peak where you're out of the suffering. Mm, okay, great and wise advice. Thank you for that. Um, our final question before we move to our rapid fire um, random questions that you haven't heard of is um, what's your final kind of like top tip for living life well, which is the name of our podcast, Live Life Well. Mm -hmm. So what would be your top tip for our audience? Don't take yourself too seriously. This <laughs> <laughs> yeah. is true. I mean, I look at, I am my biggest entertainment a lot of times. And you know, when you fail, it's okay. Give your permission to fail. It's okay. What'd you learn from it? What went on? Boy, that's, I was, you know, that was sort of stupid. And too many people focus on those moments in life where, which are learning experiences or where something was made. Sometimes it's out of your control, mm. but don't take yourself too seriously because you know, life's too short for that. Mm. Great advice to end on. Thank you so much, Doug. We will be putting um, some links to how people can connect with you. Is LinkedIn the best, best kind of way? LinkedIn's to where, where I hang out the most. Yeah. You know, so that's the I've got Twitter, Instagram, I'm the Doug Thompson, just about everywhere. Okay. Um, there's a whole other story behind that, but um, LinkedIn is where I am most active. Okay, excellent. Well, we'll definitely um, connect our audience to you. Um, and then finally, like I said, some questions that are supposed to be just top of mind, whatever comes to mind first. Um, are you ready? <laughs> Let's go. Answer. Okay, all right. So what are you reading or listening to at the moment? I am reading Steve Jobs' presentation skills. It was a book about how Steve Jobs, he was like the best technical presenter out there, or told technical stories. And so I'm reading that. Uh, and it's the most common. I listen to Micro podcast every time I, Micro did Dirty Jobs, Daily is Catch, he narrates that stuff, but he tells really good stories. Oh, okay. I haven't listened to that podcast, so I'll have to check it out. Um, favorite quote? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know, top of mind, top of mind. <laughs> no, it's it's Yoda. Do or do not, there is no try. <laughs> Good one. Um, what is your favorite pastime? Oh, uh, right now, playing with my grandkids. Mm, lovely. Uh, favorite place in the world? Hmm. You know, it's, it's sort of funny. I, I, I like, I like the beach scene and stuff, but I hate sand. So I'm sort of torn. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, no, I'm the same. I like the water. 
I like any. Yeah, any I like the water. Room. I like standing up on a deck. We went to Grand Cayman last year, and it was really nice. Mm, excellent. Um, favorite food? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 there's not much that I don't like, but uh, anything chocolate. Okay, excellent. And then um, a place that you haven't visited yet that you'd love to visit when we can all fly everywhere again in the world. Yeah, when, when we can go again? Um, Italy. I, my wife and I have always wanted to go there, Tuscany region and stuff. It's a lot, um, you know, it's just been a nice nice dream of ours to go. So when we get to fly again, then, then hopefully we'll get make it there. Um, I'm definitely in that same boat as well. So I'd love to visit Italy. Um, that's the end of our question. So it wasn't heaps, but hopefully we just gave a little bit of a flavor of Doug outside of just our interview. Um, thank you again for waking up at 5 a.m. in the morning to have a chat with me. Um, and I hope that for our audience as well, that they've taken some golden nuggets from your chat with us. So thank you again. Well, thanks for having me on, Amy. And, uh, and again, I hope your, your audience gets something out of it. I, I feel like a little bit of a father figure sometimes just sharing, you know, sharing some, some bumps and bruises I had. I have a, a lot of faith in the younger generations, the, the intensity that you bring and the different perspective that you have. And it's up for us old people to sort of let go of the old way and understand that it's, you know, the way we did it, things have changed. So, um, you know, let's be open. Let's help. Let's share our knowledge. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Doug. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast it was my joy and delight to bring it to you and i do hope that it has given you some practical tips on how you can live life well i would love to hear your feedback on what resonated with you or stood out to you so please leave us a review on apple podcasts or on our facebook page we have loved bringing you this podcast episode and would love it if you could help us take it to that next level so if you've loved the podcast consider buying us a coffee the link is in our show notes and basically that means financially backing us so that we can continue to improve the quality of our episodes and bring you life giving content that will be even bigger and better in 2021 I would also love to extend an invitation to join our Facebook group specifically created for this podcast called Live Life Well, the community, where you will get some of the behind the scenes of how we record the podcast, have further opportunities to engage in the content we share, and also meet some like-minded individuals on their quest to live life well. You can also follow us on Instagram with the handle livelifewell underscore the podcast. And you can find me individually at underscore Amy Leong underscore, where I share more resources on how you can burn bright and not burn out as part of my new life and holistic wellness coaching services. Thanks again for joining and we'll see you in the next episode. Mm-hmm.